welcome to The Room to Write. We're doing our Journey of a Story series where we talk to different writers that are local and find out how they published and how they write and what their story is. So today we're talking to Haley Barrett and she's going to tell us about her new children's book, Baby Moon, as well as her writing process. So welcome, Haley. Thank you, Colleen. Happy to be here. Thank you for coming. And so let's just kick off with paint the picture of us writing, or you writing, I should say, mm -hmm. and what does that look like and, and where, does, where do you begin? I, I would um, say that one of the things that I realized was most important for me is what a profession of, I, I write children's literature exclusively, uh, picture books, and we hope middle grade novels as well. Um, I'm working on a bunch of different projects all at the same time, but, but I'm not someone that grew up wanting to be a writer. And I think that's very important to say there, there are people that knew they wanted to be writers from when they were tiny little children. Mm -hmm. That was not me. Um, I was more of a storyteller. I like to pay attention. I sort of file stories away in my head and I remember them for a long time and little bits and pieces. I notice a lot of things. But I'm not the person that was scribbling in notebooks forever. Um, I began seriously writing probably 10 years ago and um, started with picture books, which are my great love. Mm. And so what was it about picture books that what, 10 years ago did you decide, I'm going to write a picture book, or did you just start writing stories? I, I, I wrote a few smaller stories, but nothing. They were almost practice stories, mm -hmm. just getting going. But I, I had an idea in mind, which is actually um, Baby Moon, which is the first book that's coming out April 2nd, 2019, from Candlewick Press here in Boston, which is wonderful that they're local. Nice. Um, and that was the, that was, that's the book of my heart. That was the one that I really wanted to write first. And if I could manage it, I really wanted to publish first. And, and that's so happening. So where, where, why is that the book of your heart? Where did that come from? Where did that idea spark from? Baby Moon, Baby Moon actually comes from maybe 30 years ago, a long time ago, when um, I was in school to be a nurse midwife. Uh, so the term Baby Moon is not my term. It was coined by another person, Dr. Sheila Kitzinger. And it means to take time after the birth of a baby to quietly fall in love as a family, to sort of cocoon together. And so that's where I learned the term, and it, it just meant a lot to me at the time. And then years went by, and I saw it being used for all other purposes, for different purposes, for vacations and this and that. <laughs> and I wanted to kind of bring it back to its original meaning. So mm. that's what I did. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, so... Let's see, what, what does it look like when you're writing? Do you get up early in the morning? Are you overnight writing? Are you Sometimes I'm overnight writing. Sometimes yeah. I'm up in the middle so of the night writing. So sort of give us a, a sneak um, peek into that. I, I, I wish I was a nine-to-fiver, um, and I'm working on that. I, I write when I have to. Sometimes I stop in the middle of doing dishes if something wants to happen, and then I sit down and start working on it right away. Um, I, do, I do spend time every day writing or researching or doing something related to marketing work for Baby Moon or other books. Um, but sometimes I write standing at my kitchen island. I do have a dedicated writing space that um, I can keep all of my stuff and my manuscripts and my research. So okay. I use and so you scribbling things no, on a... <laughs> not supposed to work in the bedroom. <laughs> um, are you scribbling things on a white line paper and then putting them into your computer? Or how, how does sort of the raw information get down and then how does that sort of start to polish up? What's that process like? 
I'm a keyboard writer exclusively. Um, I'm a very visual writer. I don't see specific illustrations when I write, but I definitely see impressions. That's not true of every writer. Uh, it's true for me, and that's sort of what I follow as a story path. So I visualize and I write on the computer. Okay. I don't use imagery when I write, but, um, but one thing I do do, which was one of the best things I ever learned um, from another local writer, Jen Malone, I keep a separate Pinterest board private, secret Pinterest board, for each of my picture books. And that's um, kind of a vision board. And they, that has been extraordinarily helpful to me in terms of organizing my idea and keeping me focused on it. And Yeah. And so how, how does that work? Like, what do you do? And even if it wasn't on Pinterest, could you, is it something you could do in, with real images? And, Absolutely. And what are you looking for when you're looking through that? And how are you organizing that? Because that's I a really interesting... I look interesting. for colors. I look for emotion. Um, I look for people that would be appealing characters. I do pin illustrators if I see particular work that I like, but I generally don't pay attention to the name of the illustrator mm -hmm. because that decision is almost always not made by the writer. That decision, the pairing of the writer and the illustrator, when it's not the same person, mm -hmm. um, is done by the editor. So that's not traditionally something that I would have input into that decision, but I... Luckily, in the case of my books, I have had input, but um, I keep it very vague about okay. who I would like. So. And so you got your basic stuff down. Mm -hmm. uh, and so how does that become the finished product? Do you have a critique group, or do you have your friends read it, or, or what's that process like? I actually have, I actually have two separate critique groups. Um, one is just two people, and another is a group of, I should count, but maybe seven at, at the biggest. And... Um, Critique groups are a funny thing. You re it's really, I, I, it strikes me as being a little bit akin to dating, although I haven't done that for a long time. You have to find people that click with you, people that respond to your work, people that understand what you're trying to get at and what you need to hear, um, and that aren't necessarily imposing things on you but are trying to work with you. And, and that can take some time. Um, which is why it's so important to find a larger writing community. I have the children's literature community, which is extraordinarily active in New England and all over the country, and they are lovely and they are friendly, and it is a profession of beginners, so come in and the water's fine. They're lovely people. So um, started there, going to a big conference and then regional conferences, and little by little I met my people. And, and now I have my when you talk groups. about that community is that SCBWI or yes. is that other people SCBWI the okay. I'm not going to try to say it <laughs> Society for Children's yes. Book Writers and Illustrators Right right um, Thanks, <laughs> right. Uh, that's so the larger community that is a community that's sort of uh, all over the place and they're doing all yes, sorts of events all over the world mm -hmm. uh, and are there any communities sort of locally or regionally or in Massachusetts or wherever that you can go that you've gotten support with also and how do you find your critique groups in those types of things. Yes. Um, the, the Down in Sherborne, Massachusetts, which is right past Wellesley, um, there's an organization called the Writer's Loft, and they have been the nerve center, my creative home for many, many years. Um, they have dedicated writing space. Um, they have critique groups. They have events. They have editor-agent events. They have all kinds of things. And it's not, it's only been in, around for five years, but there's well, I think there's well over 100 members. And um, that's been absolutely wonderful. But you need, you need different groups for different purposes. So it's wonderful to have the room to write, have a local place that I can look to. And um, I think it's very exciting. 
So. Nice. Uh, so, and you're talking a little bit about your illustrator mm -hmm. and how that process works. Uh, did you want to go into talking anything more nuts and bolts about the actual publishing process and, and sort of the timeline and, and what the mm. reality looked like from when you said, I'm ready to publish this book, mm -hmm. and when the publishing world said, you're ready to publish this right. book. So Very kind different of things. walk us right. through that. Mm -hmm. So I, I decided to go um, to at least begin this writing career um, with traditional publication. I wanted to be an agented writer so that the major publishing houses would be open to me. So most of the big publishing houses that people know of are completely closed to unsolicited submission. So however wonderful your manuscript is, you cannot just send it to them. You need an agent as a go-between. Um, that's, that's not true for everybody. There's, um, there are other publishers that are open, and so you can find that information online of who will w welcome your manuscript and who will not. Mm -hmm. But I decided to pursue getting an agent, um, and that took a little bit of time. <laughs> but I signed with my wonderful agent, and then we sold Baby Moon to Candlewick Press in Boston. From the point of sale of a picture book manuscript, depending on who is assigned to illustrate it, it's typically two to three years. Okay. I will have waited four years, um, and it will be worth every single minute because um, the person that Candlewick hired to do the illustrations is a genius. So it was, I got in line. She had her own projects going. Uh, her name is Juana Martinez-Neal, and she lives in Arizona. I've never met her. I hope mm. to meet her someday. <laughs> and, um, but I had to sort of get in line behind the pr other projects. She's a very successful illustrator. And then when it was time, she started working on Baby Moon. Wow. So, yeah. So I guess, you know, you don't think of that whole, all the mm -hmm. people that come into the process and like the illustrator is not no. just tapping her foot ready to go. <laughs> She's working Most just as hard no. as everybody else. Right. Especially right. for really accomplished people, you have to wait. So it could be, could have been a lot longer. Yeah. Lucky. And mm -hmm. now the agent process, what's that like? Did you just write query letters till the cows came home or how'd you how'd you find your agent I did not I did not write query letters till the cows came home I um I paid attention to I went to my writing community and I went to writing organ um, events mm -hmm. and paid attention to the advice of other people um, how they got their agents how they searched for their agents and then I started paying attention to who the agents were and who I thought um, who who did work that I admired um, who I thought I could click with personally because I was um, you want the right agent. Mm -hmm. It's not. It's not when you when you really want to be represented. It's it's hard to be patient for the right agent. But I wanted I wanted the right one. So um, I had a feeling that this particular agent and I would would work really well together. And then I was very fortunate um, through a writing community connection. Someone um, had she's normally completely closed as well. You can't just send stuff to this person. Okay. Um, but through somebody that I hardly knew. She read Baby Moon and said, send this to my agent. And so I did. And then I sent four more manuscripts over the course of a year, um, showing the agent my range, my interests, how I worked, and then we signed. And so wow. that was it. And happily, Baby Moon um, sold very shortly thereafter because I was exhausted, so yeah. ready, to, ready to move so on. With that. Yeah. In this day and age, this sort of makes me wonder and think when you're talking about how you found your agent. Um, there's so much online and mm -hmm. social media, but it almost sounds like uh, you got to show up in person and you got to make these connections mm -hmm. in person to really 
be able to do something. Uh, how much of you know? How much of online versus actually going to events and showing up in person and meeting people helped uh, get you to the point you wanted to get to? I think I think both are really valuable. Um, I enjoy being active online. I'm on Twitter, a little bit on Instagram, quite a bit on Facebook. And so you get to know people really quickly all over the, all over the country, all over the world, which I think is really fun and interesting. Um, attending events is important. Um, there are scholarships for a lot of things. A lot of things are free, which I think it's important to keep an eye out for low-cost ways to just meet people and network with them and get to know them. And, um, and then you go from there and you learn little by little. Right. So um, a lot of times we're talking to writers, and writing is not their day job. Mm -hmm. uh, the question is, is it your day job, and how did it become your day job? Uh, and then sort of what are, your, what are you seeing for the future in terms of your career choice and, and where that's going to lead? I've learned so much about this. I'm, in, I'm incredibly fortunate that it is currently my day job. This is what I do. And um, the reason for that is I spent a long time home with children, uh, doing professional volunteering and working in the schools and doing all kinds of things. And then when that chapter of my life was coming to an end, this became an opportunity for me to do this full time, which I love. And now that the books are coming, um, I'm realizing and learning that a big part of not every writer's life or children's literature people, not every person, but a lot of people spend a lot of time doing school visits. And that is a big part of the income stream uh, doing conferences, doing talks, doing teaching, um, and doing school visits is part of how I will earn my living as a children's okay. writer. Okay, so that's so really interesting because I don't think we've that. talked about that before, mm -hmm. uh, that writing the book and publishing it is one right. thing, mm -hmm. and from talking to other writers, that's not necessarily going to pay the bills. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, but there are other ways to still, even yes. though writing is is your day job, it's right. not just the writing that becomes part of it. Right. It's the actual going to schools, talking to people in conferences and things like that. So do you want to talk a little bit more about uh, maybe what... How much of that, to, you know, how, what's the actual amount of that that, that encompasses? Going, and, going to conferences? Right, and schools and that schools sort of Schools I've only just started to do. I have a, a, um, a writing workshop that I've developed around my second picture book, which is narrative nonfiction. It's a picture book coming from Beach Lane Books, which is an imprint of Simon & Schuster next fall. And that is actually a little bit of local history. That's called What Miss Mitchell Saw. And it's about the 19th century astronomer Mariah Mitchell, who was born and grew up on Nantucket, and in 1847, when she was 29, um, was the first person in the world to see a particular comet. And um, because of this, she, um, this was reported to the astronomers of Europe, um, and the King of Denmark at the time offered what was sort of the equivalent of the Nobel Prize, which is a royal gold medal mm -hmm. for the first person to spot a telescopic comet, and she won this gold medal. And it, more than winning a gold medal, um, it really put American astronomy on the map because before that, it was a volunteer, even the professors at Harvard weren't paid for astronomy work. So Mariah Mitchell herself really put the United States on the map as far as astronomy was concerned and created a big sensation, which she did not care about, <laughs> and uh, put the medal in a drawer and went back to her telescope. So she went on to have a fascinating life, did a lot of different things. But, um, so I've developed a writing workshop around that where the children edit 
um, these are middle schoolers generally, they edit the manuscript in three different stages. The first is when I sent it to my agent, and mm -hmm. she thought it was good to go immediately, which is very rare. <laughs> so that um, hasn't happened yet again. But <laughs> that one, um, so they edit, they look, they, I read this one, and then the editor, who's um, Andrea Welch at Peach Lane, had me expand it quite a bit. So I give them each a copy of the expanded one, and then I have in reserve the finished text. So what happens is the children edit um, the manuscript, but of course I know the ending of the story, <laughs> so it's in no way painful to them or to me to take a red pen and slash everything that's boring, everything that's extra, and that's been really successful. I've done that locally and also in California. Yeah, so. and that's great, and, and that gets to the to heart that of more. writing right, is messy. Editing, <laughs> very messy. Right, and mm -hmm. I think a lot of times, especially young people, they think, you know, I mean, in so much of your your emotion and your own self um, value is put on that page oh, the first mm -hmm. time. And so it's hard for writers, especially young writers that mm -hmm. don't have the experience yet, uh, to say, you know what, that doesn't work. And that doesn't mean you don't work as a writer. It right. just means that doesn't work in this piece. So I think that's a great activity that you have there. And developing their stamina, developing their strength of what... Um, what their opinions are about their own work, which are ultimately the most important. They have to put their heart into their work or it won't be as strong as it can be. And then you have to learn how to do that even while other people have opinions about it as well. Because of course, if you want to publish your book, whether it's traditional publishing or self-publishing, you're telling the world that you'd like the world to see it. And so other people are going to have opinions. So it's mm -hmm. nice to start in safe ways with critique groups or um, in schools, things like that, to get used to that experience of having other people have an opinion about your work. Yeah. And so I'm so starting to notice a theme of uh, you do a good amount of research for your books. Mm -hmm. uh, do you want to talk about maybe the idea of incorporating history and incorporating folklore or, or whatever that is, and if that's a part of all three of your books or, you know, what part of that? Uh, just, I think that's uh, just a part of me. Um, everything I write, and this this came to me over time. Everything I write has nonfiction. So whether it's Girl versus Squirrel, which is just a funny, STEM-based girl and squirrel butting heads, um, there's nonfiction in that. Everything the squirrel does is accurate according to squirrel behavior, and I know this because <laughs> I had a particular question about squirrels. Couldn't find it in, the re in my regular research. And so I Googled squirrel expert, which miraculously works, and I found Dr. John Kaprowski at the University of Arizona, who is more than happy to answer my very particular squirrel questions. So yes, I do a ton of research. I try to make sure it's accurate. I think kids deserve that. I know as a child, as a reader, I liked learning things and appreciated when I could pick up little snippets of nonfiction in anything that I read. So. Yeah. And so will these, I mean, are they going to be nonfiction in the nonfiction section, mm -hmm. or are they considered fiction, but you're, the bonuses you're actually learning? Nonfiction. Right. The, the second, the second book will be nonfiction, shelved with the nonfiction picture books with the biographies, okay. and the other two are fiction. So, right. yeah, they'll be with the regular picture books. Okay, and so uh, 
going along, going along, publishing your first book. Mm -hmm. uh, it's coming out in April. So what does that feel like? What does it look like? Um, maybe talk a little bit about the roller coaster. Did you experience a roller coaster? Oh, or was indeed. it all puppies and rainbows? <laughs> Several roller coasters, yeah. <laughs> uh, so mm -hmm. maybe talk about a little bit of the reality of you need to sort of have a tough skin mm -hmm. for some of this and um, maybe how writers that are are not to that part of it yet mm -hmm. can not lose hope and maybe continue don't to, lose hope. to work on their projects. Don't lose hope. Keep keep going. Um, ultimately, the creative person, whether it's the writer or the illustrator, has to believe in the work and that there's no substitute for that. And that can be challenging for five or 10 or 20 years or however long <laughs> it takes. That can be challenging. And that's why you need people to support you. That's why you need to keep working on new projects as you're waiting. Um, Baby Moon is now inside of six months, which means things are heating up. Um, suddenly we're starting to have to do stuff, which it's been a long time of waiting and now things are moving. So what is stuff? What's stuff? Starting to starting to print up postcards and bookmarks and talk to booksellers. Um, very soon be be you know included in blog posts, Mia Wenjen, who's a local blogger extraordinaire pragmaticmom.com uh, did the cover reveal for me which I was incredibly grateful for so we got a lot of online attention for that it was very exciting um, which you have a I do I have cover with this you. is actually the first color proof um, which is part of the publishing process I can't show you the inside because it's all very top secret right now just make sure but your microphone is, um, can still mm -hmm. hear you yeah. <laughs> So this is Baby Moon oh, wow. by me and illustrated by the brilliant Juana Martinez-Neal, who won the Pura Bell Prey Award last year for Latino children's literature. Okay, so, so did that just arrive in the mail, or how do you get that? This arrived in the mail, and this is um, one of many proofs, I imagine, where they check the text, they check the colors, they make sure they spell my name right, which mm -hmm. is sometimes a challenge, and <laughs> make sure everything's, everything's correct. So nice. And how come there's a piece of paper that looks like it's sticking out? This is, this is all part of the construction of the picture book. The way it will be printed is um, this larger piece of paper is what will be glued on the hard board of the book itself when I, when I get that. So. Okay. All these, all these things to look forward to. And in writing, you, this is a advice that one of my critique partners says all the time, Rajani LaRocca, who has books coming out, celebrate everything, every small step, every... Every rejection is a celebration because if you are not um, being rejected, then you are not submitting your work. So I, I knew another writer, I can't remember who it was, that said her goal was 10 rejections a year, which I think is a really beautiful way <laughs> to look awesome. at it. Yeah. She said, if I'm not getting 10, I'm not trying hard enough. I think I, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. I met my goal already. Yeah, so it's, um, th I think that's a really heartening way to put it, that, yeah. um, that you have to get out there. And all these little moments, you have to celebrate the cover reveal or whatever. So. Yeah. Right. Very exciting. Um, so where do you go from here? You're writing a, a new book or you already have those books written? Uh, how do you decide what I'm you're going to write next? constantly yeah. writing new books and I try, you know, um, picture books are like really especially adorable and challenging children that pull at your attention. So I, I always have a bunch going at once but it's tricky to decide um, what to work on first. I consult my agent about what she thinks I should work on but most of the time I have to listen to my heart about what wants to be written, what wants most of my attention. So I'm also working on um, the job, it's, it's the kind of job which is wonderful and thrilling that keeps changing. Mm -hmm. My job now as a, as a pre-published, almost published writer 
is to also be responsive to all of my editors. Um, they need they need stuff from me all the time, okay. whether it's changes or revisions or questions or this or that. So I have to do that and work on revisions that they want me to work on for other pieces. So it's very multifactorial. It keeps me yeah. Keeps me and you say editors, mm -hmm. so you don't have just the one editor. I have three editors at three different publishers. So it's um, Candlewick Press here in Boston. Beach Lane, which is an imprint of Simon & Schuster, and Holiday House, which is a New York City children's yeah. publisher. So I have three different editors and three different illustrators. And why is that? So one yeah. publisher doesn't just say, I want all three of your books, or how does that work? I mean, that's Sometimes we wish that would happen. Interesting. <laughs> and that's more true for novels. So people, I have lots of friends who are middle grade and YA novelists. Um, and that is more about developing a relationship with one editor. It doesn't always work like that, mm -hmm. but it's more about developing a relationship with one editor. Picture books are passion projects. Um, sometimes in, I'm, I'm doing a revision right now for one of my editors, and you know, fingers crossed she likes that one when it's done. But um, picture books we submit to multiple different editors, and okay. someone will hopefully fall in love and buy it. Yeah. So. And so what does the editing process look like for you? Uh, it was, the Baby Moon was super challenging. Um, I, which I'm very grateful to my Candlewick editor. She was extraordinarily patient. She knew I was, it was my first time at the rodeo, and she was extraordinarily <laughs> patient with me. Um, I had polished Baby Moon to the nth degree. It was as good as, it was as polished as I could get it. Right. And then we went through a major revision process, <laughs> which was very, very challenging to even sort of touch this thing that you'd work. And I'm not precious about my work, mm -hmm. but um, Baby Moon has some gentle rhymes. And people will tell you, um, you hear truism in children's literature, oh, uh, rhyming books are hard to sell. Mm. I'm finding that's not true as much as they are impossible to revise. <laughs> um, if somebody wants you to change it, now this entire house of cards that you built will be restructured and it's very challenging so right. but we did it we managed and I learned a lot what did you learn um, what are some things you can help others I, I learn? learned I learned to um, I think once again I learned to trust myself um, I was really I, I couldn't hardly touch it I would look at it I made it several false starts and then one day my daughter walked up and just very briefly put her hand on my shoulder and said you can do this and that was the day that I made significant changes. So a lot of the words are the same, but the structure's totally different um, yeah. according to what the editor wanted. And then, and then eventually we came to one that we liked, and, that, and there it is. So, so you had a kind that's of That's the step one that the world will see, yes, really. Several giant steps back. Yeah. And to envision it at all in a different structure. So it's sort of like the same words to a song, only different music. And wow. so that was very, very challenging. But I learned to do that, and I learned to respect the rhyme especially when it comes to revising it. Right. I still write and rhyme, but revising it I know is going to be a, a challenge wow. if we sell another one. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Where nonfiction um, is a little more natural. Right, but, right. Now, mm -hmm. does the nonfiction part, does that rhyme as well? Do all the books all. rhyme? Nope. Oh, okay. Nope. So it's just it's narrative one. nonfiction. Okay. Um, so it's a completely different creature. So Baby Moon is more focused on the new family, new parent, baby gift sort of an audience. What Miss Mitchell saw is elementary school, school and library. Um, it's very beautiful. It has whales and it has stars and it's gorgeous. Diana Sudika is doing those illustrations, um, who did illustrations for the Mysterious Benedict Society. She's a genius. The work mm. is beautiful. Um, and the third one, I haven't seen any artwork yet, but that's uh, illustrations by Renee Andriani, who's very fun and 
has a real gift for creating a connection between a human and an animal. So those are the editorial decisions that are made. That's how they choose an okay. illustrator who can best meet the needs of the book. So, wow. Yeah. Well, we have a million things we could be asking so you fun. still, uh, but in the interest of time, is there anything in particular that you sort of want to leave the, the viewers with in terms of advice, uh, things you wish you knew <laughs> before you began mm -hmm. this journey, or uh, what do you want to kind of leave people with? Find a community. Find your critique group. Um, you are a writer, whether you feel comfortable calling yourself for that, that or not. Um, the more you hang around with writers, the more comfortable you'll feel um, claiming that as part of yourself and part of your life. And uh, at least as far as children's literature concerned, as I said, it's a profession of beginners. Um, people, at, they're very welcoming, people at all different phases, and uh, I was really thrilled, not quite surprised, but really thrilled to learn that, that I was welcome and that it was wonderful. So, yeah, right. it's great. Well, thank you so much, Haley. Thank you, Colleen. It was great to Lovely, a lot of fun. You. Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, and if anybody would like to join us in the studio and talk about your writing, then please email me at colleen at theroomtowrite.com uh, or visit the website. And thanks again.